Welcome to Nuclear Grenade. Today we'll be talking about PC video games. As always, I am the supreme intelligence, the great wizard of beyond, the gaming guru, the man with a 10-inch cock, Justin Land. And with me is my friend, Alexander Hayhoe, the man with a convex penis. The man with tits that are larger than double D's. He's the one and only man with an anal leakage problem. Welcome. Five, four, three, two, one. And let's have some fun. Let's talk about some video games today, y'all. <laughs> yeah, that was an excellent intro. I uh, <laughs> I applaud that. Very yeah. good. <laughs> you know, it's for the it's for the ASMR fans. You know, I want them to feel relaxed. Mm. I want them to come in having fun. We're gonna we're gonna have some fun today talking about some games. That's a very gentle uh, intro. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the way I treat like a woman when I'm laying it down, <laughs> licking those nips. Oh God! Those tips. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, let's start off um, uh, with what games we've been playing. Hey, how? Oh yeah. Well, we've both been playing Path of Exile. Uh, we played it together for the first time last night. Um, you were telling me that how important it is to follow a build guide, and I didn't believe you, and ended up dying maybe four or five times. You died once. Um. But I would say that my build is not destroyed yet. I just have to adapt to what I think I need as I play through the game, which right now I just need more health, more maximum life, I would say. Yeah. Well, and like I said, it, that stuff, your build won't work for the end game, but almost any build should be able to get you to the end game. And it's not that big of a deal because you get to keep the currency and stuff that you earn for the next game uh or you know if you start a new character so like with the next character you could start out and have better items and have some currency to buy some new stuff with a better build that will be able to speed run you um towards the end game mm. okay well, that's fair enough i'm excited about it you know once i see the end game then i'll have a better idea of what i'm dealing with i guess well how about you have you uh, been playing anything new um, yeah, besides Path of Exile, I've been playing, um, something called Eidolon, uh, Eidolon, Legends of Eidolon, which is like a Steam game slash phone game, like a little MMORPG 2D side-scroller, and it's pretty fun. You end up with, like, multiple characters, and, like, you know, they all kind of set them to idle, or you can play active, um, and it's just a very interesting type of MMORPG. I haven't seen anything really like it before. Plays well on the phone. Great time killer. Um, and then kind of funny too. You know, it's got like a little bit of tongue-in-cheek humor. It's kind of making fun of itself and uh, online games in general. And um, it, yeah, it, it, it's just, it's pretty fun, especially if you like kind of idle games where you don't have to pay attention or play consistently. Like you can do that or you can get your characters doing whatever you want and then come back later and have made progress. So I really like that. I kind of like that uh, in video games where it's just uh, 
it's almost like setting like a fishing trap or some kind of trap where it's like it's doing the work while you're not there. Yeah. <laughs> so when yeah. you come back, it's like, oh, look at all this stuff I've done. Uh, you've been playing anything else besides uh, PoE? Uh, no, uh, I've been spending, I think I've gotten since our last podcast, maybe uh, 30 hours in uh, uh, Path of Exile. So that, that's all I've been playing. I've been trying to get good at it and uh, mm-hmm. try to get far and beat it so I can actually be somewhat of, not an authority, but someone actually who, who knows what they're talking about. Maybe I'll make some videos on it uh, on the Havoc Gaming channel. I know I'm, mm-hmm. what? Eight years too late <laughs> to be making <laughs> new content. I think it came out in 2013. So, yeah. Uh, well, well, that's what's great about the game, though, because each new season is almost like a new release of it. And uh, there's not a lot of videos on it, I think, from a newcomer's perspective. Like, I think a lot of the guys that make videos from it are guys that have played forever, uh, you know, for an authoritative look. But I think there's definitely like a market for videos from like a newcomer's perspective because a lot of times i like to look at um games where it's like a you know new person's perspective into this mmorpg and you're like eh, i wonder what this person thinks like i watched that for ff14 before um seeing if i wanted to get into it but didn't want to listen to someone who's played for a thousand hours because it's like they probably don't understand like they've already loved the game so they're not going to understand some of the drawbacks that like a new person might have coming into a game that's five years old with seven expansions and everyone's like max level and knows what to do. Um, you know, cause there's like a barrier there. Like it sucks to be like doing a game. Everyone knows what the hell they're doing. And you're like, uh, did someone explain the most basic concept to me? Yeah. That's uh, one of the reasons why I was a little hesitant to get into path of exile. Cause I know that there's people who probably got thousands and thousands of hours into that game. And who know like every little minute detail maybe who knows maybe a lot of those people are still still learning you know because games can be that complex so it's it's kind of hard being the new guy and uh you know and especially like if you want to make videos on a game like that i think a lot of um gamers who want to start youtube channels i think that's one of the things that prevented me from kind of starting out it's like i want to make this video but I know I'm gonna get ridiculed by people who played more, uh, you know, who, nerd. <laughs> yeah, who pulled <laughs> your string, nerd? <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. That was great. Just to cut you off, though. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, so far, I mean, I know like we were playing last night, um, which I'm sure helped a bit put things in context. But like, what was your impression? Like loading up, seeing that skill tree for the first time looking at all these different pages of stats and stuff uh especially as like you know an older gamer who spent like your whole life playing video games so you would think not everything's overwhelming to you but then to see that level of complexity um yeah so one of the things that helped break it down for me uh when i first looked at the perk tree i i don't know how many perks do you think there is there's probably what i think it's like a thousand a thousand yeah, uh, so. it starts you off in the perk tree, so it's not like you can just start wherever you want. So, like, depending on what class you choose, it's like, okay, here's your starting point. And then you can branch out from that point. And so that kind of helps narrow it down a little bit, like, what kind of, which path you want to take. But the more perks you get, the further into this massive perk tree you get, and the more options you kind of uh, have available to you. 
and it is a little overwhelming you know gameplay wise um it's very grindy like yeah. old school hardcore diablo grindage uh which is strange to play now because like it doesn't seem like any games that ever come out anymore are like that like that mm -hmm. seems like a very old school hardcore type of genre um so I, I do appreciate that but people who like story i guess and cinema scenes and stuff like that mm -hmm. might not appreciate it as much uh it's really yeah. for the min maxers um people who enjoy that type of thing i just looked there's 1325 skills um and that doesn't even count the skill gems. The one thing I'd say is though, like they've made it so it's not really grindy to get through the story and they've added a lot to story. And I think it's definitely interesting and fun. Maybe your first couple of playthroughs to actually read through and listen. Um, most of it's voice acted, I think pretty well. Um, and then, the, but the end game is really grindy. But the one thing I kind of like about it is it's like, you want, like sometimes I love a good grind. Like I'll like put on my podcast, put on like a Netflix show and then just kind of do this repetitive grind to earn currency and blow through maps at the end game. Um, and then kind of the fun is once you have like some cool stuff, like some great items or good currency to buy items, you could be like, all right, now I'm going to start a new character, which is kind of unviable without the currency to invest in it. But then I get to blow through the game really fast with this new type of gameplay and this new challenging uh, style. Maybe it's like a faster mapper or maybe now you have like a boss killer for when you get to the really end game bosses. Um, so I think that's where kind of the fun comes in where, yeah, it is like a lot of min maxing, but it is kind of like, now here's how my character is going to work. This character is going to do this. I'm going to plan out these things for this new run. Um, and yeah, I think that's where like a lot of its uh, appeal comes from. Yeah, I would say that the more you learn, it's one of those games like the more you learn, the more fun it gets. Um, and like it starts out as super overwhelming and in, in a way like it's it's almost so overwhelming that it feels a little shallow as a new player mm -hmm. coming to it but like I know because I played so many video games like I got I don't know hundreds of thousands of hours playing video games <laughs> that it, like it will become more fun like the more I get into it the more I realize what gems work with which gems and what combos mm -hmm. and uh, what setups I like and stuff like that um, but first you gotta play the game and you gotta learn, you know, uh, what what's available to you. And that's just gonna take some time. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, there's just so much, like you haven't even scratched the surface on, like with the end game maps and stuff, uh, and then that whole skill tree. But um, yeah, I mean, to me, like we were talking about it last time, but like that is to me, like one of the best parts about a game is learning. Like once I know everything about a game, I'm bored of it. I don't wanna play it anymore. Um, but with a game like this, it's always something new to learn or things you can tweak. Um, and like, you know, just like between crafting, map stacking, which maps to run, which maps to block out, uh, which skills work best with which, which nodes work best with those. I mean, it's so much complexity that, I mean, you could just learn and learn and learn and like basically never uh, learn at all. And especially with new... Um, you know, every like three months or whatever, they do like a new reset and server run. Uh, and those always typically have new gameplay mechanics and new things to do. Yeah. And from a developer standpoint, that seems like a, a lot of fun, uh, a, a game that'd be really fun to make. Um, mm -hmm. 
but I mean, that's a whole different discussion, I suppose. Yeah, and like, I don't know, just attack on that a little bit more, though. It, it, it definitely, it, this is kind of like a Stardew Valley type game where it's clearly someone really loved a game and the creators of that game weren't, they just fully diverged from the original um, uh, perspective or mission of the game. It's like Diablo 3, people like it, but it's nothing like Diablo 2. The art style's different. It's trying to appeal to a far more casual fan base, which is fine. Um, but people saw that and they're like, no, we like Diablo 2. We want to make it this way and we want to make it better in these ways instead of, you know, simplifying mechanics. We want more complex mechanics. We want yes. multiplayer. Yes. And, you know, so it seems like, like it's cliche, but it seems like a love letter to that original genre. And I think if you look at the metrics, Diablo 2, or I mean, uh, Path of Exile blows Diablo 3 out of the fucking water in terms of how many people are playing it, how many people have consistently been playing it. So, I mean, it just kind of goes to show you that Blizzard, they, their money managers think they're going in the right direction, uh, but clearly they're not. Clearly the appetite was there for a lot of people to prefer PoE. Yeah, and you know, I bet you we're going to see um, kind of that trend reverse, the trend that we're on right now with games. It seems like everything's getting barneyed down, you know, where all these developers yeah. are making games way too friendly to play for newcomers and stuff. And for people who've been playing video games for a long time, we I talk about this all the time, depth, 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 you know? And mm -hmm. the perfect example of this is if you look at uh, the Elder Scrolls series, right? If you look at mm -hmm. Morrowind compared to even Skyrim, like, Absolutely. Morrowind is so much more complex. Like, the different things you can do in that game, the mechanics, way more complex. And then you get to Skyrim, mm -hmm. it's like, you have one one-hundredth of the choices that you used to have in a game that's 15 years older, you know? And, like, if people ask me, you know, what's the best Elder Scrolls game? I'm gonna tell them Morrowind. It's the most yeah. hardcore, it's got all the mechanics, and um, it's just more hardcore gamer-friendly, not Barney down for people new to the, the series. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's like a, a, a trade-off because obviously Skyrim is what propelled Elder Scrolls into the mainstream. Like Oblivion was fairly mainstream, but Skyrim is where like people's moms were playing Skyrim. People's <laughs> grandmothers were playing Skyrim. Um, and there's a lot to be said for that. There, there's a lot to be said about making some things that are tedious, simplistic, uh and focusing on other things um you know i to me personally i liked uh oblivion i thought that was a perfect middle ground between the two mm -hmm. um but at the same time oblivion added quest markers and you know go here and, and it boils down to that type of gameplay and maybe you need to have that if you want to sell a lot of copies to a game to get people's mothers in playing a game get children playing a game but I will say there is a, I have like a romantic attitude towards Morrowind because when you had to read the book and you had to go find this and figure shit out, it was so much more satisfying. It was so much more fun. But, you know, there's a lot of games where, you know, I give me the quest marker, like a GTA game, you know, like I enjoyed the story, I enjoyed the gameplay, but I don't want to be sitting there reading a notebook like, oh, what part, what street do I have to go on and which building is it? It's like, nah, give me the quest marker. I'm going to run there. I'm going to shoot the bad guys. I'm going to grab the dough and I'm out. 
Um, so it, it seems like a very tricky thing to really balance those two things together um, and create something satisfying uh, for the mo- maximum amount of people. Yeah, and you can't you can't appease everybody. And really, I think true hardcore gamers, I, you know, I don't know what population of gamers you would consider hardcore. First, I guess you got to define what hardcore is. You know, was that 30 hours a week, maybe? Uh, playing games that are highly demanding of the operator, I guess you could put it. Um, I don't know how you... How would you I think define of it? More it? As a mind, I think of it more as a mindset. Um, if you're the type of person who takes games very seriously, takes your ability at playing games very seriously, really treasures your time in a video game, um, then I think you'd count yourself as a hardcore gamer. I mean, there's people who only play um, Rocket League and they're hardcore gamers because they're like top level Rocket League players and you know they spend all the time playing it and they know the minutia and how to do all these crazy flips and spins um, and they put more hours into that game than I've put into any game my entire life and so that's a type of hardcore gamer but they don't play other games or, you know they don't care exactly like what so, what if you get so someone it's what if you get someone who pay, plays like 40 hours of Candy Crush Every week mm-hmm. like i would not yeah. consider that a hardcore gamer you know what i mean so you, you, well, it's I, not just it, time. to me it depends i think it depends yeah it's not it, absolutely not time but i think it depends on how seriously that person takes candy crush are they trying to be is there i don't know about candy crush is there a league score are they trying to be the top of the league are they fighting other candy crush people then you could say they're hardcore yeah i guess i guess i would define myself as a hardcore gamer because when I play a game and when I look at a game, I play it from like an analytical standpoint, um, kind of like a min-maxer, but maybe not that critical. Like I'm not going to sit down and crunch numbers on a calculator. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when I play a game like Ark or something like that, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. Like I play it because it's fun, but like it's the time efficiency that I spend in the game and like how well I can perform what I need to do. Like if I go out to tame something, like, I'm going to go out and tame it. I'm not going to screw up. I'm yeah. not going to die. I'm not going to, you know, whatever. Um, so, like, it, I guess it's, it's like a performance yeah. gamer might be a good way to describe it. Like, I don't care about story, typically. And, you know, mm. when you talk about waypoints, like, for, for a gamer like me, I really enjoy that because I can just skip, you know, the uh, the dialogue and all that crap. Like, I don't need hints about where to go. I know where to go, and I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna do whatever I need to do and get it over with, so I can get to the next. So I can get to the next thing that I need to do. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's it, it, oh. it's a trade off of atmosphere, though. You know, because yes, in it Morrowind, is. the reason Morrowind sticks in your mind is because you had to read the journal. Yes. You had to figure stuff out. You had to walk there or take the striders, and so you really experience the game. Almost as if you were out stuck in the middle of the wilderness in this strange world, this alien world, and you're having to figure it out, and um, and your clues are based on what people are telling you. So, um, and I don't think that that takes if you're into atmosphere. I don't think that takes away from being a hardcore gamer. Um, no, it's just a different type, I would say. Like, there, I guess there would yeah. be different genres. I guess if you really had to break it down, like different genres of hardcore gamers, like. There's hardcore gamers who just spend a ton of time every week, maybe not playing competitive games or highly demanding games, uh, but they spend a lot of time playing. So they just hate life. They're like, I fucking hate the world. I have a shitty job. I don't have a girlfriend. I am only going to play video games. (laughs) Spend a thousand dollars. I get that. I I get that. Yeah. 
yeah, I got you. That's that's a hardcore gamer. <laughs> yeah, real hardcore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or it's like you know, I'm a 16 year old. I play, you know, five hours after school, and I'm like super twitch reflexes, no scope 360, CS:GO ultimate player. Like me. Like that's a type of hardcore gear. Yeah. Well, you'd get your you'd get your ass handed to you against these new CS:GO players. Back in dude. the day, though, dude, version 1.6 and source. Dizzy? Yeah, back in the uh, Dizzy. Yeah. Yeah, I was a, I was a formidable monster. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, back then though, you could be like, not only was I young, so I had like Twitch, apps, you know, like younger people do have that, um, but like, it was so unrefined back then. Like the internet wasn't what it is now, so people didn't have like the level of like studying and watching pros and knowing exactly which angle to take to pop out. <laughs> so you could be good just by playing. Whereas now, like the amount of effort it would take to be like a CSGO player today and not just get killed every five seconds is way too much for me. Like, I don't have time for that shit. Yeah. I, I got a job, son. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it was I agree with that. Like, and I don't think it's, um, I don't think the theory is different from the older versions. Like, I think what it is, is map control. Like you need to know where your enemies can be at what point in yeah. time. And you can get to a point where it's like 4D chess, where you know that your enemies know where you're gonna be at what point in time. So then you can kind of be like- They know you're gonna be there. So then you can counter strike and yeah. you know, Whoa. be somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect name. Podcast over, podcast over, done. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so we're still on games we played. Uh, what else? I, I did play something else. Oh, yeah, so I played a little bit of Valheim. We talked about that last week. I'll skip it. Um, maybe we'll do, like, a deep dive when the new expansion comes out and talk about it more. But a Subnautica Below Zero. Um, haven't put a ton of time into it. I, I bought it when it first came out on... Um, uh, what's it called? Epic. Early Access. Oh. Um, so Early Access. And I played it a bit here and there, just checking out as they added stuff. But... Uh, this new one seems really cool now that it's like officially out. Subnautica is hands down the best uh, crafting survival game ever. Oh, even that's debatable. Those games? It's not debatable. It's debatable. Hands down. Hands down. Like, if, okay, if we made them, if we anthropomorphized these people, basically Subnautica is like this 10 foot Viking with like a giant spiked bat of a penis. And like an ass that's just rock hard, like it could literally crush your head with its ass cheeks and giant veiny muscly legs that just stride across the map. And you know, it's a huge Viking beard and long flowing Thor hair. I mean, that that's like what Subnautica is. Everyone else is like a regular dude, maybe he works out, you know, maybe, but like, I mean, Subnautica dude, he's got lasers that shoot from his nipples. He breathes lightning, you know, he he spooges acid. The dude is it, it, just it's the best. It, it, it's not even it's not even comparable. Um, the atmosphere, the story, the fear inducing um, aspects of the game, the alien world, the, the natural flow of the uh, building and uh, getting resources. It's not too slow. It's not too fast. It really sets it up. The story isn't fed to you you got to find it on your own and piece it together it, it it's a beautiful amazing game 
And uh, th this one's just like a new step in that direction. Um, maybe it's not quite as great as Subnautica, only because Subnautica was something that came out of nowhere. And like I'd seen a few videos, got into it, and it was just blown away, you know? And so it's like the, the, the magic of seeing a brand new mountain over the horizon versus then seeing another beautiful mountain. Um, but it, 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 I've only gotten like a few hours in the new one. Um, but they really take in some cool directions that keep what's great about the original. The storyline is a little more, um, there's a little more there, a little more meat to it. There's NPCs there, so it's not quite as lonely. Oh, as, um, really? The first one? Yeah, yeah. I haven't got, I haven't found one yet, but I've heard there's a few NPCs in there. Um, so this is and, a completely new Subnautica game? Yeah, it, it expand alone, I guess. Um, expand alone? Mm -hmm. Oh, I like that. Makes sense. So it's yeah. it's Subnautica. It's DLC for Subnautica, the original, but it's a whole different map and different. It's a whole new. It's a new game, but it has you couldn't. It, it's a whole new game, new storyline, new ma new map, but same world. It's just two years later. Uh, but there's enough of the original game in there where you could say it's like a Halo Two, where Halo yes. Two wasn't Halo Two. It was Halo One Point Five. Yes. Okay. Uh, and then Halo 3 was like the real jump. Um, so it's kind of like that. Uh, really pumped to get more time into it. Oh, I'm um, excited about that now. Hell, yeah, I'm going to play that after the podcast. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I'm really digging it. Nice. Um, yeah, and I, I'm super afraid of underwater as I touched on the last time. But for some reason, like, it just does the fear right. It does the leveling up right. Um yeah, my, absolutely love it. My big issue with the, the first one, and I guess it's a small critique, I would say. Um, I really enjoyed it. You know, it's it's a beautiful game. It ran super smooth, you know, and it's it's a great game, hands down. But I guess uh, there does come a point where it's like, I got to a point where I had, I forgot what kind of, uh, what the name of the underwater vessel was, but mm -hmm. it, the submarine, it became too easy. And it just seemed like I was kind of wasting time. Like, time was just being wasted. It was just taking too long to progress in the game any longer. And I just got kind of bored at a certain point. I think that might have been, like, 50 hours in or something like that. Did you get the robot and start deep diving into, like, the core? I think I had just gotten the robot. But okay, because that's... Yeah. Because to me, like, once you get the big vessel, it's like, okay, yeah, this is easy you basically have a moving awesome ass base but then once you start to realize like where you can go and you need to drop the robot to get to really deep like pressurized areas and then you start finding new shit there um that's when i started getting cool again uh to me because it gets really scary down there and you're finding like ancient like bases and shit which is cool mm, okay maybe maybe i didn't do as much deep diving i like i got the 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 robot suit and then uh, I think I was just like, okay, well, I pretty much did everything that there is to do. <laughs> you need a couple upgrades to the suit before it can go really low into the core. Um, and I will give you that, whereas, like, I think that part of the game, there's probably, like, a 10 hours there where it slows down before you start getting to the next chunk of new gameplay and creatures and stuff. So they could probably even that out a bit um, to make that maybe, like, a five-hour thing without seeing new stuff. Okay. Um, Cause yeah, you start 
seeing new biomes and finding new stuff so regularly that when you do have that kind of like 10 hour gap when when you have like your first robot and stuff where it is kind of like oh did i see everything i'm not sure no and it does start to get a little bit stale like all survival games yeah and you know you, you brought up the point that you think that uh so that's called subnautica below zero below zero below yeah. zero yeah i mean there are games that are similar but as good i would say like seven days to die is a really good game arc is a really good game um i haven't played rust but i think that's kind of like mm -hmm. the same deal survival crafting type of game um so there's other options too but Subnautica is very unique but they're different games. yes they're yeah. all unique um i would like to see some taming aspects in Subnautica. um that'd be cool yeah but i don't know how much they want to take you know from arc you know, maybe try to keep distinguished from that a little bit. Well, I mean, I think you could have some stuff there. Um, especially, like, with the new... Like, they have these little monkey dudes, which I fucking hate. They steal your items, assholes. But uh, maybe you could, like, tame them or something. Um, I think they have mods. We're going to have mods for this one. I'm not sure. Well, I'm sure they will. Uh, so, who knows? You might be able to get something like that in there, but... I also just appreciate that unlike those games, like those games are similar to each other. They're not similar to Subnautica. Subnautica took ideas from those and created an entirely new genre of game, a single player survival thing where the the, the buildup and the atmosphere and everything is very specific and unique and designed for a single player, 50, 60 hour uh, playthrough. Whereas those other games are all multiplayer, play forever, takes forever to do anything, you know, grief other players. Uh, you don't have to play know, those and, other games multiplayer. I, I haven't played Seven Days No, but they're not designed for a single player, and you can really tell that when you're playing it by yourself. Um, you can play it by yourself, and you can have joy doing that, but it, you can really tell it's designed for multiple players. It's definitely um, a lot more fun with multiple players, I would say. But I would say that's because they're designed for multiple players. And I guess one of the reasons that might be is Subnautica, I would say, is more uh, cinematic. You know, yeah, it, it's just a more immersive feeling while you're in it. While with Seven Days to mm -hmm. Die, it's not as immersive, but it's more action-packed, I would say. Yeah. So, I mean, your opinion's wrong, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the beauty of opinions. Uh-huh. Yeah, they can be wrong. Yeah, well, mine can't. <laughs> whatever you say man mm -hmm. and then uh so you didn't play anything else this week no no not not really just just path of exile i mean there's there's all the time in the world it would not be enough to play path of Ex exile which i'm learning so uh no I, i've uh -huh. just been grinding that game pretty hard okay um, oh, actually, I'm talking about, I only played it a little bit this week, but I've played a lot in the past, and um, I'm probably going to play more. Uh, but Don't Starve Together. Um, yeah, just playing that. That game's amazing. Um, that's a survival game. It's also totally different than those other types. It's uh, like a, a cartoon style, um, kind of like a faux 3D, but, you know, 2D sprites and stuff. Um, very beautiful art very unique dark atmosphere but also almost like a quirky fun like uh 
what's it called? Nightmare Before Christmas type of uh, Invader Zim type of humor, you know, where it's like creepy, but, you know, artistic and also kind of goofy. Um, and it's just so fun. I mean, they've added so many different add-ons and Don't Touch Starve Together is like the multiplayer version of it. And um, the things they're looking to add this year uh, and have been adding is just like uh, really awesome. It's really cool to see that game continue to grow and grow um like clay has to be like one of the best developers out, out right now um oxygen not included is amazing i like Griftlands, and just the support they give their games is uh you know it, it it's awesome um and i love supporting them in that game they keep adding new characters and new items and it's an absolute blast and every time i take a break and come back to it i always feel like refreshed to really like start a new base and go out and see the new shit they added and fight the bosses and you know collect the goodies yeah so clay entertainment is the developer like you said and they also published it i guess publishing is pretty easy nowadays where you know they can just upload it to steam and steam will make it a featured you know they'll, they'll kind of market it for the developer um where in the past publishers were a lot more needed because you need commercials, you need ad space online, and all that kind of stuff. But it's nice to see developers also publishing their own games, I would say, because it's um, you want to see these developers keep as much money in their pockets as possible because they're the ones doing the actual work. You know, publishers are just like, yeah, we'll give you some money, but we're mm -hmm. also going to take all your profits, pretty much. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's got overwhelmingly positive reviews out of 167,000 reviews. And, as, as far as I know, overwhelmingly positive is the the top category you can have on Steam. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think it's above ninety five percent or something. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. And it was released in two thousand sixteen, so it's not like a an old game by any. Together's not, um, but Don't Starve is. I think that came out like twenty twelve or something. Ah. Um, so it was normally a single player game, and then they have a few expansions, and they keep working on both. Um, I think the single player one got an expansion like a year or two ago, uh, Hamlet, um, which wasn't my favorite, but it adds definitely a new, unique way to play. Um, and Don't Starve Together is just really cool because it's made for multiplayer and then they have a little bit of all the expansions in it. Um, so it's definitely the way to play if you're getting into it and you want to play with friends or even single player is really fun um, with that game. Yeah. yeah I, can't say enough good things. Uh, check it out. Look at the art style. It captivated me. And then the level of... Uh, it, like, it seems like it wouldn't be like, as in-depth as like a lot of survival crafting games. And yet, it just is. It, it, it's a lot better in many ways. And it looks like it's out for pretty much any platform. It's not just a PC theme game. You can get it on mm -hmm. PS4, Xbox, Switch. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. You know, baby consoles if you're, uh, <laughs> you know, a baby. Hey, don't alienate half the... Uh, the customer base that we might have here your baby <laughs> we just lost the five viewers that we had yeah i'm gonna tie you little babies up into baby nunchucks whack you around <laughs> i dare you play a system that's not pc <laughs> <laughs> guy that takes his video game consoles way too seriously into his 30s <laughs> <laughs> no playstation's the best and i will fight anyone who tries on <laughs> You even lost your headphones over that. Yeah. There is something uh, douchey, I would say. 
And I am a PC master race person, you know. But there is something douchey, I would say, like when PC gamers kind of lord that over uh, other people. But the reason, okay, so I think the reason why PC gaming is the best is that when you get a console game, it almost about feels like, um, as a PC gamer, and you get a game for like the PS4, it feels like you're not getting the complete game. That's how I feel. Training, you know, training wheels almost. Yeah, yeah, and it's because like um, on PC you can there's mods like the modding communities like can add so much to a game like Ark Survival Evolved. On my videos, you have no idea like how many questions I get like, oh, can you do this on the PS4? Can you do this on the Xbox One? No, you can't. You can only do it on the PC. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why there's a PC master race, and that's why if you're a console gamer and you're hardcore. You might want to consider at some point in your life upgrading to PC, getting used to using a keyboard and a mouse, much more effective than a, a controller, you know. Or a controller on your PC. Or you can use controller on your PC if you want, you know. Uh, it's just the most adaptable, versatile, high-performance machine you can have. Actually, let's, let's touch on this, because, I mean, it's probably people are sick of this conversation, but we haven't had it on this podcast yet, so we're going to have it now. Um, but, like, me, I've always loved video games. Like, since I was a little kid, I love video games. I love all the video games. I wish I had all the video games at all times. Um, now that I'm a man, I can't afford all the video games. Like, I'm not going to get a PS5 until they're $300, you know, eight years from now, probably. Um, because I can really only afford one, and I put my money into PCs. And the PC, in the long run, might actually be cheaper but in the short term, it's much more expensive of an investment to get something decent. Like, it costs like a grand to get a decent one computer that'll last you, you know, six to ten years um, of gaming. And that's a big initial investment, even though the games are typically cheaper. Um, so, I mean, it's basically, it's like whatever you can afford to play the games that you want. Like, that's what it's all about. I, I think, obviously, PC gives you versatility um especially access to amazing indie games um but you know if all you got is a ps4 that your brother gave you i mean then fucking that's badass play the shit yeah, out that's badass yeah, exactly yeah. yeah there's no shame in being a council player at all you know but if you hear yeah. us you are just babies though <laughs> and that's what i'm saying like pc master race people are kind of douchebags you know because there is that barrier to entry where a pc if you want something that you can play uh, modern games on it's probably going to cost you around 800 bucks at the minimum which is twice the amount that you're going to spend on a, a modern day console but i would say that um i would see the future that consoles will actually maybe potentially be better platforms um because the thing that consoles have going for them your console won't get a virus like your computer will typically um typically uh, viruses still exist <laughs> yeah well, they shouldn't if you have the right software. Um, but also, like with consoles, uh, the hardware for them is meant to work well together. Where with a PC, you can have different hardware components that don't work well together. You got to know a lot more about hardware if you're going to be a PC gamer. Um, so that's another barrier to entry, too. Consoles are just much more streamlined, much more easy, a lot less maintenance. Um, and as the future goes... Is that true anymore, though? I th I'm sorry to cut you off. I think so. It seems like with all the problems with the PS5 they've had, with like the hard drive issues and it going to the wrong hard drive. That's and, a terrible mistake. Um, 
then because that shouldn't happen with consoles yeah like the new returnal game that came out like it uh they just went offline for like two days and then deleted everyone's like uh progress up to that point and they were basically like oh yeah if you have this problem just delete the game reinstall and no you can't get your progress back so that's like an online issue well, I also think it's like the the hardware as like these consoles have gotten closer and closer to PCs. I mean, they basically are just affordable PCs at this point, except for their closed off markets. Yeah. Um, you're going to run into that. Uh, but sorry, I didn't mean to overthrow your whole point, but uh, you're uh, saying. No, you didn't. Um, but yeah, like in the future, uh, hardware is going to be, I think there was a time when people would say, you know, technology is increasing two times every year. But that's slowing down, you know, with hardware. You can't just keep getting two times better every year or whatever people used to say. It's slowing down. Like, the hardware is getting really good now. Um, So, consoles are having a chance to catch up, I think, to PCs as far as the hardware arena goes. So, performance-wise, I don't think there's going to be a huge difference in the future between consoles and PCs. But, or anything else. So, I think maybe in 10 years, I bet, we'll see an evening playing field where the PC master race won't have so much to lord over the poor council, poverty stricken players. <laughs> yeah. Those babies. Yeah. The one thing I'll push back though, is I actually don't think that's true. I think consoles will die. And I think PCs like fancy PCs will also die because with like things like the, uh, stadia, the Nvidia gaming, streaming gaming, I do think we'll get to a point where streaming video games at high quality with high frame rates will become the norm. And you won't need anything more than an iPad and a fucking controller to play. That's a good point. You know, or yeah, off of anything. You could play off of anything, off your goddamn phone. Um, and so it might, the future might just be streaming onto TV screens that are like smart TVs or smart monitors or very bare bones computers that don't need video cards in them anymore. Um, as that technology gets better and better. Yeah, and I've heard that as well, and that makes a lot of sense. You know, all the performance will be handled on the server side, uh, and Mm. everything's just digital, you know, so all you need is a screen, Um, which is a good idea. I I don't, you know, uh, they'll need some kind of CDN uh, type of network to be able to get that to all the players around the world without having losing too much latency or having too much latency Mm -hmm. between the players. I guess that might be the big... uh, issue with that but i'm sure yeah. that can be solved. And internet yeah and i i feel like the big thing is that internet hasn't gotten that much better um over time like only some places still have gigabit like we just got gigabit, gigabit and i just can't like afford the high levels of it so um you know so, so i think that's like the real barrier to entry but i think you know in 10 years 20 years um the the landscape will totally be different yeah. Well, what 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 did we have ten years, you know, before now? That was back in what the Xbox day, like Xbox, uh, three sixty. Yeah. You know, I guess that's that's not too terribly much of a difference between the Xbox three sixty and the Xbox One. But I actually don't think the jump's been that much over the last ten years. Because I mean, if you look at it, GTA Five is still one of the number one played games, making the most money. And that shit's like eight years old. Yeah. I know uh, Skyrim 5 is still one of the top played games. You know, that's just almost like 10 years. So I don't know. It's interesting. There hasn't been like 
these huge groundbreaking games in a long time. And I, until we see like the next generation, the next Skyrim, you know, which might not even be Elder Scrolls Six, it might be, you know, Elder Scrolls Six might bomb, and it might be some other game that takes up that mantle or captures the imagination. Um, but we just haven't seen any of those yet. I guess we do have things like, uh, what's the game that all the children play? Uh, Fortnite. Yeah. Um, so like maybe those are kind of the games of the future. Um, but we we'll just have to. I call see. them clown first-person shooters. Yeah, yeah. CFPS <laughs> games. <laughs> yeah, same with the Overwatch. Yeah, I'm not saying that they're bad games. I'm just saying like the cartoony style and like the not seriousness of it. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. with the Counter Strike days back then, like it was serious. Like mm-hmm. that's where pro gamers were typically born. And now it's Fortnite, and like a lot of Fortnite, from what I've seen, it's just people dancing. These really stupid TikTok <laughs> TikTok dances fucking piss me off. Yeah. I think it's a fad, kind of like how Daisy was a fad back in the day. Whereas CS:GO is still not as popular in America, but in Russia, it's still like the number one game. Um, so there are games that like last the test of time. Where I don't, I think Fortnite's already kind of dipping. League of Legends, like MOBAs, had their day. They're still really popular, but they're much less popular than they were. You RTSs know, four years ago. Yeah. You know, what's the yeah. last time you've seen a AAA RTS game come out? Starcraft 2. I would say Command Conquer <laughs> Generals, I think, was a little bit newer maybe than Starcraft 2. Was it? I don't remember. Yeah, that one sucked. That one was not that good. It was one of the better ones since Westwood Studios had sold their uh their company to EA. Once Westwood Studios mm-hmm. sold to EA, they kind of went downhill, I would say. Because uh well, that's what Tiberian Sun was the best Command and Conquer game. Hands down. Like uh is, is there a single company that EA's bought that got better? <laughs> is there one? <laughs> I don't think there's Lucas what? Arts. Uh, no, I don't think no. so. I I th- kind of think of them as like a succubus that sneaks in in the middle of the night while like the game we'll devs are money. sleeping and just yeah. lurps out their soul Surely and you sneaks like money, out. Don't you? They just leave like a zombie programmer who's like must program Sim Four must remove all fun features and sell back. To the gamer. <laughs> like all their employees are like brain dead at this point. It's just <laughs> it's like Blizzard. It's like anyone that has a brain is leaving. <laughs> yeah. They start up their own company for God's sake. So somewhere where they have some creative control. You know, and yeah. that's the problem with EA and all these big publishers. It's like they s- steal the soul from these developers, you know, and uh sucks the life out of the games that that's just the problem with being a public company to when you now are it's not your customers that you have to cater to it's now shareholders yeah. who demand profits every single year which increasing profits to that level is always going to negatively impact a game which means and you're the ceo you have to do this because the board can just oust you and hire a new ceo who will make the games bad to make them more money um because these people don't have a long view whereas like game publishers like bethesda was private um until i obviously they just uh, got sold to uh, microsoft but you know and even then they were increasing profits at the expense of the games a bit overall their games were typically pretty good because you know they were privately owned so they didn't have shareholders to worry about um 
ousting your company out from under you. But, you know, that's gaming. That's uh, it's business. Life in the big city. Yeah. yeah. That's business. Business. That's business time. Shareholders <laughs> in their skyscrapers. Spending money. Fuck, fucking me <laughs> in my ass. Fucking gamers <laughs> in their mouths. <laughs> oh, it's too big of a car. Uh, <laughs> okay. What's All next? All right. <laughs> We've done a lot of penis talk. That's. Also, this podcast is like 80% penis talk. Uh, we should have named it the Penis and... Podcast. <laughs> I think that's like the subtitle. Nuclear Penis Grenade. <laughs> penis Explosion Podcast. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's get to the news here. Um, <clears throat> so uh, Fall Guys uh, leaked their own source code onto Steam, uh, which is hilariously incompetent. Whoops. Uh, I love it. Whoopsie! Uh, and what's funny about it is, because it's obviously an online game, uh, the problem they're looking at is this could lead to a lot more cheating, um, which I find is absolutely hilarious. Like, I haven't played Fall Guys, I've watched videos. Um, it just seems like a fun game, you know, to play with your boys or little kids, you know, and just goof off. And imagine someone's cheating at Fall Guys, like, oh, I'm gonna cheat and make it so I never fall off the platform. <laughs> and I'm gonna piss off so many eight-year-olds. Like I just see like a forty-year-old neck weird. Or, oh, yes, yes, scream, you eight-year-olds! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, I'm making people so mad playing this stupid game. Like that is a level of fucking autism that I I love. Like I, if you are, if you're a forty-year-old neck beard out here with autism. Using cheats to fuck over people on Fall Guys? You are awesome, dude. Never stop being you. Yeah, keep your incel that bullshit just... to yourself, fucking losers. Yeah. You better clown them so hard, because, you know, this is the only joy you're going to have in life. This is the only... You smell bad. No one wants to be around you. Except um, for people on Reddit. To... Where of all course, your friends Reddit, are. you're going to be celebrated as a hero. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, this is your time. This is your time to shine. Is pissing off children on Fallout for uh, Fall Guys. <laughs> nice. Okay, so uh, IBM agrees with Intel and TSMC that uh, the chip shortage is not going to end anytime soon. Um, if you're a gamer, a PC gamer, you know that we've been out of fucking video cards. It's been hard to get CPUs. It's been hard to get any. PC parts uh, since like last year, even before last year, actually. Um, and so they, they think that uh, shortages are going to continue at least until 22, 23, um, which is awesome. So uh, KISS being able to get a video card at MSRP, goodbye. You're going to have to spend a couple hundred more dollars than it's worth if you want to upgrade. Um, yeah, and I think uh, a lot of... Uh gamers who are older like myself uh we also participate in the stock market and i've just got my asshole ripped apart because of that um i had yeah. a bunch of money in ev stocks electrical vehicle stocks and one of the reasons why those just died was because the lack of um computer chips available um mm -hmm. so that's that's it's it hurts <laughs> yeah absolutely used for everything and all like Almost everything electronic we have. So, 
And then all those companies are competing for the limited amount. So that means prices are going to go up and up and up. Um, in fact, like I, my PC is a pre-built because I got it last year, and it was literally cheaper to buy a pre-built um, than it was to get those pieces separate. Um, luckily, with pre-builts, typically you get like a good CPU, a good video card, um, but then they skimp you on the power supply and motherboard. But luckily, I already had my power supply uh, from before, so I just slotted that in. Um, so overall, it's still good. But yeah, it, it sucks. Like if people want to really customize and do their own thing, it's literally more expensive than just buying a pre-built now. All right. And then, uh, okay. Th th so um, according to, uh, uh, according to uh, Amazon, um, or who does Stadia? Stadia. I'm not, uh, I think, isn't that Microsoft? I don't know. No, no, no. Uh, Google. It's Google. Google. So according to Google, Stadia is alive and well. <laughs> These people are brain dead, dude. Well, isn't Stadia... Stadia is not alive. Isn't Stadia it's what we dead. were talking about with the uh, server-side uh, performance and just streaming the game? Yeah, but it's been out for like a year or two and has zero traction. It sucks. They're not working with other um, uh, other companies yet to like really push people towards Stadia. They closed down like multiple internal studios that were specifically going to design games for Stadia. Uh, it, it, it's just the dumbest thing to say. It's live and well. It's not even a lot. So maybe say, oh, Stadia is not doing great, but we're going to continue to push and make it the best thing possible is probably the way I'd say it. Um, but Alive and well is just a joke. Like here's a, so basically they have um, a new marketing lead. So this is just marketing, blah blah blah, gay talk, like uh, corporate speak, jum mumbo jumbo. But we're continuing to make Stadia a great place to play games on devices you already own. I tell any non-believer to take notice of how we're continuing to put our words into action as we grow the Stadia Makers program in partner with AAA Studios. Like Capcom, <laughs> EA, Square Enix, Ubisoft, and more. Oh, the worst video game makers possible? Yeah, excellent. Oh, you're continuing you're continuing to put your words into action by closing down all the studios that were making games specifically for Stadia? Brilliant. These people would literally be pissing into your mouth and be like, Google is not going to piss into your mouth in the future. We're going to come up with clean urine and distill our urine into delicious water as yellow liquid just splashing into your eyes and shit. <laughs> uh, uh, these business people are subhuman alien lizards. Uh, but I mean, alive and well. This is amazing. Uh, could Sadia do good in the future? Yes, I hope it does. Uh, I think the NVIDIA one's probably going to be the better bet. I think Microsoft is working on one probably be a lot better because it's microsoft and not shitty google um like what has google made that's good besides a search engine they've bought youtube and made it worse they've bought things and made them worse have they ever bought something and made it better because i think all google did was make a search engine that's i it. guess google, i can't think of one google maps is pretty good and google earth is, is okay. kind of a nice a nice thing 
Okay, you know, I, uh, yeah. Okay, so adding on to the Google uh, search engine, those things have been good. I, I like the Google um, statistics, um, so you can look up trends. Google Trends yeah. is good. But as far as like these other ventures that are outside of that, like it, it doesn't seem like they have a huge track record. Um, in fact, the track record is closing things too early, um, uh, and, and just not doing a very good job in the first place. Uh, but that's uh, that made me laugh so much, like alive and well. Yeah, uh, Stadia. Like I, I heard of, I've heard of them. I haven't even like went to see like what it's even about. I'm just not interested. Of course you haven't. Yeah, of course not interested. You and everyone else on the planet. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll wait until their technology gets a bit better before I even consider it. Yeah, or and they partner with better companies to put better games on there. Um. But yeah, it doesn't seem like they have much. They're trying to charge full price. It's like, dude, you should be paying those publishers and then charging a lower amount to get fucking people on your platform. Because I'm not going to pay $60 for a game that came out five years ago just to play it at lower latency, you fucking imbeciles. Yeah, well, like the idea is that's supposed to kind of be like the Netflix of video games, you know? And like, uh -huh. the beauty of Netflix is that you don't have to pay full price to watch a movie. You know, so why should you have to pay full price to stream a game? You know, we already have that. It's called Microsoft uh, game, uh, game Game Pass. Yeah. It's, you know, it's an unbelievable deal. Uh, you're not going to beat that. And you want Microsoft loses money to get people into that system um, and because they can afford it to make a future where people want to be there. And that's what you got to do. Google, you're one of the biggest companies on the planet. Why don't you put your money and invest it into something? Um, but Whatever, I'm no businessman. I'm sure they know what the hell they're doing, even though it's clear they don't. <laughs> uh, uh, and up next, um, this is actually some good news. So Blizzard gives up. So with the new Burning Crusade uh, classic coming out, they were charging people $35 to clone their classic character onto the new Burning Crusade um, game. $35 just to continue playing their character into the next expansion. Uh, that came out 15 years ago um and people are pissed like the e-rage was out of control you know the gamers are out firing their guns in the air and screaming you know their moms are coming in the door being like what are you yelling about <laughs> you know and they're blizzard screwing me again again um, yeah but all that e-rage has paid off we did it nerds we did it we bitched and complained and boned, and then they drop in the cloning fee to $15. A far more reasonable price. The price most people thought was um, a, a good amount. They, like, I don't play well, uh, but the people that do play it, it's like, look, we don't want people to just clone whatever character for free, because then you could just move your characters around, affect guilds and all that. So it should have a price, and it seems like $15 is the one we all um, agree upon and I just love it because anytime nerd rage gets listened to and these gaming companies are like oh maybe next time I fuck them in the ass I should just use lube because every time I don't use lube they get really angry huh. that's the beauty you of know. the free market you know yeah. you can't just charge people whatever you want to charge them you can only charge people what they're willing to pay and that's the way it should yeah. be yeah Absolutely, and I feel like I'm so sad for Blizzard fans. I mean, 
imagine liking this company still in 2021 after they've just been on a fucking downward spiral for over a decade um and so anyone that still looks up to them um and like thinks of them as a good company it's just sad the way they get treated the fact that they thought they could get away with this is proof of their disdain for you as gamers um but at least at least you won this battle um so Good job, you fucking internet rageaholic uh, Blizzard fans. What, what do you think? Got for the little. What do you guy. think is worse, EA or Blizzard? Um, I, I'm gonna have a weird take here. I think Blizzard's really. Worse. Wow. Because, and here's why. Because Blizzard or EA's always been bad. <laughs> EA's been <laughs> bad true. for like thirty years. <laughs> They've sucked. Um. Whereas Blizzard was a good company. People liked them. They made good games. They served their fans um, for a long time. And they built up a huge cachet. Uh, whereas e, like, it's like if I'm walking down the street, right? And I see like a craggly meth head and he's wielding a knife. He's looking off crazy. I'm like, I'm just going to walk across the street and avoid that. That's EA. No, that's yeah. EA. You know, and then I'm walking by and it's like this, you know, suave dude. He's looking good, you know. You know, he looks like a gentleman, like he got a little money, you know, like a, like a nice fella. You know, maybe he's got a cross, he's Christian or something. And I'm like, all right, yeah, this is a nice guy. I'm going to walk right by him. And as I'm walking by, he like spits in my face and starts beating me up, you know? I'm like, oh, this guy's way worse. I thought he was my friend. I thought he was a good guy. And now I'm getting beaten, you know? And I didn't expect it. You know, or like, or like, uh, like, EA is like that girl, you know? And she's a slut. She fucked all your friends. And that's why you're attracted to her. You're like, hey, what's up, girl? Let's go. You know, and you fuck her, and then she never talks to you, and she's banging all your friends again. You don't care, because you knew that about her. You went in with the knowledge, and that was the deal. Whereas, if you have this nice, cute girl, you know, you talk to her, you start dating, you know, and then four months into it she seems like uh got everything you want but she's been fucking your friend the whole that's time that's blizzard that's way worse that's blizzard yeah that's blizzard <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> blizzard's cucking you that's what i'm saying blizzard's cucking you but you know ea is uh you know a, a shitty a f- shitty friend that's interesting I-, I i like that take it makes a lot of sense yeah and then um I guess, uh, I guess to wrap things up, we can just start going into what's coming out. Uh, talk a little bit about of them, about them, and uh, you know, wrap things up. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, so these games uh, already came out, but they came out this week. Uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition Remastered Trilogy. There's been a couple problems with it. A uh, little bit of latency issue. People are getting pushed onto Origin, which we all know Origin sucks. We don't want to be on there. Fuck you, EA. Um, but overall, uh, I've heard some decent things about the remaster. It looks good. Uh, mostly plays well. Um, we already talked about it. Subnautica Below Zero, uh, Underwater Survival, um, came out. On May 18th, we have something called Essays on Empathy. It's a collection of 10 story games. Um, the graphics look, uh, I mean, it's an indie type game, uh, kind of like, yeah, 10 different little story point and click uh, adventure game um, that kind of convey messages that they want to convey. Um, so that looks interesting if you're really into those deep thinking games or 
you know, hipster, I got something to tell type games, and you want kind of an array of them, uh, that could be something to look into. Um, May 20th. This one looks really cool. Uh, Mind Scanners, which they call a sci-fi narrative sim. Um, it looks really cool. It looks kind of like a Papers, Please, but in like a cyberpunk, cyberpunk universe. And you have like a few mini games. You got to kind of decipher what the other person's thinking or um, analyze them. Uh, the graphics are, look a lot like Papers, Please, except as you would imagine with cyberpunk colors and weird looking dudes, uh, but all in that kind of 8-bit uh, style. Yeah, it looks like a Super Nintendo uh, game. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and you know it's got like seems like it'll have puzzler elements to it. Uh, so that one looks really they cool. They call it, it's. Um, I love they're saying it's an adventure RPG simulation strategy, which are RPG simulation and strategy are like three of my top favorite genres. So sure, but at this point they're just literally throwing everything in there. <laughs> I guess. I guess when you look at the trailer, <laughs> it doesn't look like it's any of those. <laughs> yeah, I mean it might have RPG elements <laughs> like oh you can upgrade one thing. It's an RPG. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, fair. But, Either way, it looks really cool. Uh, this next one, um, of of Bird and Cage, which is described as a heavy metal interactive fiction, and apparently it's a metal album, like uh, you know, heavy metal rock and roll album. That's over a two-hour interactive gameplay um, thing. So it's probably gonna suck. The music might be good. But I, I think if I'm making like an awesome metal album, I'm probably not making some shitty video game to sell it. And if I'm making like a good video game, I'm probably not using some shitty heavy metal to as to sell it. Um, so who knows? It could be good. Could be a great album. But uh, it's an interesting thing for sure. It's an interesting way to sell an album. Um, I bet. Uh, so what's up? To I see. bet that's not going to do very well because a you have to like the music. And then B, if you even do like the music, well, now you you gotta be interested in playing a game about it. Um, yeah. On Steam, you can buy both the game and or the soundtrack separately. Looks like. Yeah. So I could see, I could see some people trying this if you're a super heavy metal guy and you want to like see something, or if you're just interested in what this is, because it is interesting. Like, I've never heard of anything like this before. It seems like a really unique way to market an album. Um, but at the same time, I feel like if you have something that's that good, you're probably not doing it this way. Um, it's gonna flop. Yeah, definitely. I bet my bottom dollar, dude. Plus, how many people like metal? I mean, I kind of like. I, yeah, and you you really love it. I kind of like it, but most people I know aren't like. They don't give a shit. Well, even then, like, I, Pantera's my favorite band, but Pantera. I don't like just. Pantera. I just don't like any band, you know? It's just like Pantera, and that's that's pretty much it for, for metal. <laughs> Slayer's, Slayer's good, too, but they have a lot of stuff that's just like too much guitar, and it's just kind of annoying. Sure, yeah. Um, and then finally, May 21st, we got Knockout City. 3v3 dodgeball action. Um, this actually kind of looked cool. Uh, it's got like your kind of regular like Nintendo style art style to it um it's it's a dodgeball game but like you have like hang gliders to kind of do the flying fortnite style thing what's it called um uh knockout city knockout city. and one of the most interesting things i think about it is if you kind of look at it as like a third person action shooter like uh um thing 
it has like a unique style because you're not just throwing the ball to hit people like you would with like a shooter, but you can actually pass to your teammates and hit people from behind. You can catch it um, if people throw it at you. So there's some interesting things here, um, but it doesn't seem like there's enough there to be that interesting. Um, I could see it being fun for like two hours. I uh, hope I'm wrong, but I, uh, it just doesn't look like something that would hook me or have like a big following it kind of really catch on. It kind of looks like Splatoon. Hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I, I had a little bit of that thought. And the publisher is Electronic Arts on that, so I would expect kind of a generic type of game. But, you know, that would do well with, you know, maybe younger kids, I would say. Yeah. yeah. And like, the team the team aspect of being able to pass the ball to attack from different angles is cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't see it being a huge success, but we'll have to wait and see. All right. Uh, do you have any final thoughts there, Hey-Ho? Yeah, you know, uh, I've been doing these polls on my YouTube channel uh, in, my, in my community tab, and people actually answer them, and it's uh, kind of interesting. Um, for example, uh, let's see here. If you could only play one video game genre for the rest of your life, what genre or cross-genre would that be? Uh, and on here, 78% said RPG slash open world. 12% said first-person shooter. 7% said simulation uh, slash strategy, 2% said real-time strategy, and then 2% said other. So mm. RPG open world seems to be pretty hot, but I would say that on my uh, channel, my community is kind of biased towards RPG open world since a lot of my subscribers yeah. came from ARK, Survival Evolved. Mm. So. And Raft. Uh, your Raft videos did really well. Yeah, I've gotten maybe 100 subscribers from, from my Raft videos. Mm -hmm. Um. So we could talk about that, but actually, uh, I wanted to... What's your answer, though? My answer for that, I would say RPG open world. Okay. How about you? Yeah, I'm simulation strategy. Simulation strategy. You know, I would have guessed that for you, actually. Because um, I know the kind of games that you play, and uh, that makes sense. Um, so here's one that's really interesting that I'd like to talk about. So who feels post-game depression? For example... Let's say you put 500 hours into an ARC file, then you get bored, so then stop playing, and then you go through a period of what seems like mild depression. And 22% said, I never feel depressed after I stop playing a game. 7% said, I sometimes get depressed. 54% said, I almost always go through a depression stage. And then 13% said, it depends on how long I played the file. And for me... Uh, that would be my answer. It depends on how long I play a game for, and depending on how long I do, uh, will affect the depression that I feel after I stop playing. Hmm. Man, video game people are some sad motherfuckers. Oh, so I'm guessing you <laughs> never feel depressed after you stop playing a game. I no, I do, but I'm also like I'm bipolar, so that's a type of depression. Um, but goddamn, it's so funny uh, to see those kind of numbers. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think obviously probably the people that went with the 54%, uh, they probably, if you analyzed them more, probably would say specific games because who the fuck plays a game for two hours? Like, I don't like this and then feels depressed because they can't play it anymore. Yeah. Um, but I will say there's cer definitely certain games in the past. I It doesn't affect me as much anymore because even though I still love video games, you know, I, I don't have time to play them a ton i don't have time to put tons of hours into them and i have to be more selective your addiction is monitored 
Yeah, yeah. I can only get one dose of heroin a day, yeah. you know, as opposed to being able to just fucking wrap up the vein and fucking shoot all the time. Yeah. Um. Uh, but definitely certain games. Yeah, Ark is a big one for me, man, because, like, you just imagine that first time you start an Ark file, you know, you wake up on the beach on the island, and then 500 hours later, you're on Ragnarok, you got a bunch of gigas that you've bred, you've killed a bunch of bosses, and... It just starts getting kind of monotonous and grindy and boring, and then you stop playing. And then you have this hole in your life and that's missing, you know, where you used to log on to Ark and you, you'd have the stuff to do and be fun. And then, like, just one day, all that effort, all that time and thought and care that you put into that file is just gone. It's obsolete. You don't enjoy it anymore. And uh, yeah, like, I, I go through a mild depression and probably takes me a couple weeks after I stop a file to uh, recuperate from that. And uh, in programming, they call it dark programming um, or evil programming, whatever you want to call it. And it, sees, uh, it takes advantage of the reward systems that people inherently have in their brain. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, oh, triggers yeah, dopamine. Like, uh, uh, exactly. Yeah. Like pop-ups and games, like especially mobile games are all psychologically um, preying on you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's definitely interesting. I mean, I'm sure I could think of some games where I get kind of bored of them, and I kind of feel like uh, I wish I was still into this game because I like a lot, but I'm not. Path of Exile. But, yeah, but see, Path of Exile, I never felt that way because I'll go and I'll put like a hundred hours into you know a new season, and then I'm like, okay, I'm done. It doesn't bother me because I know I'm going to play in a couple seasons. You know, I might not play the next season, but I, it's one of those games I know I'm always going to go back to. Um, like Civilization is my favorite game of all time. All of the Civilizations have been since uh, 3 was the first one I played. Wow, that's old. And, yeah, and I've put probably 10,000 hours over all those games. Um, and yet, when I go on like a, you know, every couple years or every year, I'll probably go and put 60 hours into a Civ. Then I don't feel bad afterward because it's like, oh, I'm just going to play it next year or I'm playing in a few months or maybe two years, whatever I feel like it. But it's always going to be there. Um, there's always going to be a sieve for me um, to enjoy. I would say that um, that might uh, be a little bit different, though, because Civ 6 is really it's like a board game where there's a beginning yeah. and then there's an end. And usually that takes about, mm -hmm. I don't know, five hours or so to get from beginning to end, depending on what, you, what your settings are. Um, mm -hmm. So like you don't have that built up amount of time and effort in a single file that goes yeah. to waste, I guess. Yeah. And my skills translate anytime I play it, everything I learned. Yes. Well, actually I do have one though, that really sticks with me. And, um, this one I'm still kind of depressed about, uh, star Wars, uh, galaxies. Interesting. So like when a, when a game isn't even, doesn't even exist anymore. Um, like I love star Wars galaxies because it was like one of the only um, MMOs where you could build your own house and sell your own items and it was very player driven economy. And you had these different planets and there were no, not even Jedi in the game at first. And you could learn all these different classes and there's so much to it. And, then, um, and it took a lot of like effort to get things done. And there was like real value to being good at stuff and having like a high level character. And then when they added Jedi, it was cool because it took you a long time to become a Jedi. It was not easy. 
Um, and you had to master like five different skills at random assigned to you by a holocron. And you had to find these secret holocrons. So to, to be a Jedi took extreme amount of effort. And they were super powerful. And yet, you had a bounty on your head if you were a Jedi. So not only are you super OP, but anyone's, all the bounty hunters are trying to kill you. And I was pretty sure it was like a permanent death. So it was just like insane, cool mechanic. And then they just made it so anyone could be a Jedi. And then everyone stopped playing the game, and then it just died. Servers died. Hey. Um, but I always miss that time in the game. And there is a little bit of depression there, because not because I got bored of it, but because it was taken away. Um, they over-tinkered with the game and made it worse by making trying to make it appeal to everyone, and then it appealed to nobody. Um, so I'd say things like that, where something that you love gets fundamentally changed out from under you, which happens to a lot of gamers with a lot of games. I will feel a bit of depression there. Um, but yeah, that, that's, but I rarely spend enough time on one game. Like I'm kind of ADD, so I switch around. That's probably the healthier way to play games. I, I'm more of a binge player where I like to select one game and really get go into it. Um, mm-hmm. which isn't great for talking about different video games in uh in a podcast. Um, but since it is partly my job, I'll do research about different games. But like right now, Path of Exile is that game where it's like I'm not gonna play anything else because if I play something else, it's gonna feel like I'm kind of cheating on my time that I could be used <laughs> to progress further in Poe. Yeah, you laugh, man. Binge addiction. You're the fucking biggest nerd I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and what's weird is I, I don't really look like a nerd. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, no. I think people would be surprised at how nerdy I am. Like, I'm learning computer programming oh, like, and shit. Like, I'm cheating. Cheating on my video game. Well, I, not uh, cheating on an emotional level, level, but cheating on a performance <laughs> level, I guess. I don't care. It's so funny to just even say that. <laughs> And mean it, and mean yeah, it. Yeah, I mean it. One hundred percent, I mean it. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so that's nuclear grenade. We're gonna wrap it up. Um, excellent talking to you guys. Do you have anything to say uh, before I uh, give out the uh, ending script? There. No, I, I think uh, I think we're good. All right, so uh, guys, please like, subscribe, comment, and uh, the new episodes come out every Monday at eight a.m. Eastern time. Um, Thanks so much for joining us and see you next week.